Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Well, good morning. It is Wednesday, March 29th. It's five minutes after 11, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us this morning. So the New York grand jury considering possible criminal charges against Donald Trump related to hush money payments to Stormy Daniels ahead of the 2016 election is not expected to vote on any indictment this week. Now, they're not expected to meet today. Which was the day that the panel was regularly scheduled. These people work less than the Indiana General Assembly. Yeah. You know, here at the General Assembly, despite making $60,000 or more for three months worth of work, two Mm -hmm. next year, they don't meet on Fridays. Yeah. They're very busy on the Fridays. Must be nice having a three day weekend all the time. Think about that. These clowns down the street from us work three months out of the year, Mm -hmm. they don't work on Friday. Mm hmm. And they get paid, some of them, you know, $75,000 or more. And then next year, they'll work two months out of the year. So the the grand jury apparently giving the uh, Indiana Republican Party a real run for its money. That's 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 a pretty good gig because you're not held accountable for anything either. Well, it's kind of like the grand jury, right? You can do whatever you want yeah. and there's no recourse. Yeah, that's right, Casey. The grand jury... In the Trump <laughs> indictment and the Indiana General Assembly are basically the same people. You're not held to account for anything. Mm-hmm. You work whenever you want. Yeah. And there's no recourse for when they screw you over. Right. They're the same people. Okay, so when it comes to Trump's indictment, there's some questions that we should ask. What's the impact on his presidential campaign? And we have seen from numbers that it is actually helping him. And is that because of the publicity or is that because people are seeing that this is just a witch hunt against him? Well, okay, so here I guess here's the more important question. Is it helping him amongst people who will decide the election Mm -hmm. or is it helping him amongst Republican voters? I've not seen any evidence that shows, wow, there is just a just a army of independents or moderate suburban women who are now saying, well, you know what? I was on the fence before. Yeah, it, it Certainly, it is helping him amongst Republicans because they know this is all political and the guy shouldn't be charged with anything. And they're saying, well, you know, it's like Animal House. You can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges. And so they're lining up behind him. Now, the problem for Trump is this is happening way too early for him. I mean, whatever's going to happen is going to... Now, if he gets indicted, it's a, a different ballgame because that will obviously carry, carry throughout the presidential primary. But it's... It, 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 I just don't think it's moving the needle amongst many people because I think most of what you want to see happen to Trump is already baked into the equation. Okay, if he does get indicted, how are his rivals going to react? Do they just ignore it? I mean, they have to address it, right? That's a great, that's a really great question. If nothing else, to compare and contrast themselves against him. Well, I would... And and this is the, okay. So this is the problem when dealing with Trump is people keep and it's a, it's almost like a sports analogy in the sense of when you play a really strong team, you find yourself trying to counteract whatever that team does versus running your own mm-hmm. game plan. Mm-hmm. And I think people have made a big mistake with Trump in the past of trying to counter program. Trump. This is 
a two-person race in DeSantis and Trump, and if, especially if you're an outside person like a Pence mm-hmm. or a Nikki Haley. Now, in the case of Nikki Haley, maybe the ship hasn't sailed, but it's certainly with a Pence, the ship is, has sailed. you got to run your own game plan. Right, The Trump stuff, you can't get caught up in, and, and this is true for DeSantis too, you can't get caught up in your campaign being run around whatever shenanigans Donald Trump is involved in from day to day. That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. right? Remember I told you the key to being a great debater, the key to being a great arguer, mm-hmm. um, is that you always make the person argue what on, you want to talk about. On the turf you want to argue sure that you always are framing a discussion around the terms that you want to discuss and i have very few talents in this world casey but i think we can all agree i'm pretty damn good at arguing with people (laughs) and that's one of the things you learn very quick is if you you never get off Mm -hmm. your own turf yeah and for donald trump he is very good at making the turf whatever he wants it to be. And so if you're Ron DeSantis, you cannot spend your time talking about talking him. about Donald Trump from day mm-hmm. to day. Mm-hmm. You've got to you've got to frame it in the sense of going, look, the guy may be getting a raw deal, but the reality is he can't win. Somebody and it's it's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be DeSantis who says it, because he's the only person with a chance, is gonna have to just speak the truth, which is this guy cannot win he's lost twice in a row look at him say you're a loser Mm -hmm. not only did you lose your candidates almost across the board got defeated in 2022 put it back on him you're a loser Mm -hmm. put the the you know they've got the clip from hannity of him saying that you know he doesn't regret appointing christopher ray to be head of the fbi yeah you did this make him own it yeah you're the you are the swamp Mm -hmm. brah Mm -hmm. so i think if you're desantis you've got to or any of these people for that matter you got to play on your own turf you got to you know plot along as as you want and you can't be responding to whether donald trump gets indicted or gets sued or gets you know, arrested or whatever on a daily basis. Okay, so another big question: What are the chances of conviction? None. I mean, a charge on, against, on this on this we're talking about on, this thing. on this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it would be monumental, right? A lot of people are really questioning this case and <laughs> falsifying business records. It's a misdemeanor rather than a felony. Oh, wait, 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 wait! Now we got to address this. This is going on our YouTube chat. You can watch us over on Kendall and Casey on YouTube. We have some uh, oftentimes uh, intellectual super giants that mm-hmm. hang out over there. Uh, Mary says he's only lost once. <laughs> Stop the nonsense of saying he lost when he wasn't even on the ballot. Okay, but his words. He got those people through the primary. Mm-hmm. Remember uh, Dr. Oz, uh, Blake Masters, mm-hmm. Laxalt in, in Nevada? They're only there because of me. I carried them over the top. They wouldn't have even won the primary. You can't take all the credit when they win if you're not going to take the credit when they lose. See, this is what the only Trump people want to do. Then no matter what Trump does, he's never to blame. Oh, sure. He's going to take all the credit when he picks losers in the primary. Or he's going to take all the credit when Jim Banks, who's running unopposed, or then is running against a Democrat who gets 20% of the vote or whatever it was, mm-hmm. wins. But yet he doesn't get any of the blame when the people he endorsed lose. You can't you can't have it both ways. How do you think that the House Republicans will react if he gets indicted? I mean, you got people like Jim Jordan and James Comer. They're, they're like his vanguard, right? 
They are his dudes. Yeah, but the problem is, they're are they, co- they going to continue that? Well, they'll 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 fight for him in the sense of they're good people who will do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a huge portion of the party, even people who have been Trump people, who would be rather accepting. I'm not going to use the term excited, but I will use the term accepting if Donald Trump were no longer a thing that they had to deal with on a daily basis. Mm. It would clear their plate of a lot of stuff, wouldn't it? More more time to focus on what's good for America. And this is what the only Trump people do not want to accept is that Donald Trump is a colossal distraction and he is a continual drain on being able to get actual conservatives in there Mm -hmm. because of this weird, bizarro Trump obsession loyalty pledge that has to be met. And then you end up being a Trump candidate rather than being a good conservative. Laxalt was a pretty good candidate in Nevada. He got drugged down by the Trump thing. And you can't say it's ballot harvesting or whatever in Nevada because they've got a Republican governor now. So what, they just ballot harvest against this one guy or just, you know, creative jelly bean counted against this one guy? You, you can't say that. It's the same thing in Georgia. You've got a Republican governor. Herschel Walker didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. Herschel Walker, I thought was, and I, look, I'm wrong on this. I thought Herschel Walker was going to be a much better candidate than he was. I thought Herschel Walker was going to be, because of his ties to Georgia football, right. I thought that, you know, the ties of this inspirational guy who's turned his life around, who had mental illness, who is, he wasn't a very good candidate. Well, and, he Ath- was, and he was hooked to Trump. And Athens is a very liberal town, though, yeah, which yeah. is where, you know, his glory came from. You mentioned loyalty with Trump, and I feel like that's a big thing for him. If you are loyal to him, it's great. Great. One wrong turn and you're out of there. Yeah. Can you imagine working for him? No, I would. I would never. Uh, I would. I would never. Ever. 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 Never wor- wish that on my worst enemy. Well, maybe my worst enemy. But the point is, the party, and I'm not talking about. There are look. Everybody knows my opinion of the Republican Party. But I'm saying the ability of good, liberty-minded reliable conservatives. I'm talking about the the Rand Paul, Thomas Massey, Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. Mike Lee type people, Josh Hollies, etc. That voice, which would appeal to many people, especially now based on what's going on in the country, is being at the very least stifled and it's certainly somewhat blunted by this obsession over kowtowing and bending the knee to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. People do not like... There are many, many people who do. I'm not saying they're not. But people as a collective, there are many, many people who do not like Donald Trump. They didn't want to vote for him the first time. If it had been anybody but Hillary, they wouldn't have voted for him. They had somebody other than Hillary this time. They voted for someone else. I'm sorry. I know that offends a whole bunch of people, but that is the truth. The last election played that out. Mm -hmm. Almost all the Trump people lost... Last question for you. What happens next? Is it possible the grand jury could just decline to indict him, right? They could just pass. But if they do, he's going to have to make, what, arrangements to surrender? Probably going to happen at a police station. Probably be prearranged. He'll get fingerprinted, photographed. That image ricochets around the world. You know what I'd do if I were Trump? He'd be released... In advance of a trial, 
it's going to have a massive media event. Now, all of these questions, and I'm sorry, but all of these questions that we're asking, if you're Trump, you have to have these answered already. Like Does he? he, he uh, I'm asking five, six questions. He's probably on question 50. You think Trump ever plans anything out? You think out? he's flying by the seat of his pants on all of this? He no. Lo- Casey. If he's smart, he is being pre... You know, proactive about this. Casey, Donald Trump is IQ-wise a very, very, very intelligent person. But he look at look at the crap he pulls, Casey. Do you does that strike you as a person who's planning it out? He let Ted Nugent go up there and call Zelensky a homosexual weirdo. Does that strike you as a guy? I mean, look at the people that are How did that go down? Does somebody in Trump's camp say, oh, hey, we got Ted Nugent. He's going to do a a prayer and some song, and then he's going to get the crowd rather. Sounds good. Let's take a break. I'm going to tell you a real, my real world experience with him on how it operates, because nobody would know better than me, and I was blown away with how it operates with him, and it's part of the reason he's in the position, he just asked, how does it work? I'll I'll tell you. Yeah, like, is Trump even aware that Ted Nugent was there? I will tell you exactly how it operates, and that will explain a lot. All right, that's exciting. That's coming up next from 93 WIBC. Did you hear him talking about it? 21 minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's take a look at what people are talking about this morning in regards to the Nashville shooting. Senator Kennedy asked Merrick Garland if he plans to open a hate crimes investigation, and this was his answer. Do you plan on opening a hate crime investigation for the targeting of Christians? The um, FBI and ATF are both uh, on the scene working with the um, uh, local police. Uh, as of now, motive hasn't been identified, and the police chief said at the last at his last press conference that they don't yet have reached a conclusion with respect to uh, motive. Uh, we are certainly working full time with them to try and determine what the motive is, and of course, motive is what determines whether it's a hate crime or not. So that was a non-answer. Merrick Garland always sounds like he's scared Think to about answer, it. like he's shaking. He was all, that guy was almost on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Also <laughs> trending this hour, mug and bun. Named one of the best burgers ever seen on Man vs. Food. Have you ever seen that that show? I, I know Adam of Rickman. the show. It's yeah. like a eating yes. food challenge yes. show. So they say that Mug and Bun, the monster pork burger, was one of the best. Oh. And if you'd like to try the challenge, you got to complete the meal in 30 minutes. And if you do, you get a, a meal for free, a spot in the Mug and Bun Hall of Fame, and also a free T-shirt. What's the one that John Candy eats in the great outdoors, the big... 49er or 59er or whatever it is where he's got to eat Dan Aykroyd and John Candy or you ever seen that movie I it's been so long ago he's Rob. uh you know they go on this <laughs> vacation together and, yeah. and he's got to eat this gigantic steak and he ultimately does it and uh he gets, uh, I think he, that's what they, he got his picture on the wall. And a, in the wall of fame. <laughs> a shirt or something like that. Finally trending this hour, Ben Affleck. I was so curious. He was number one. And I, I why is Ben Affleck? Trending? Oh, trend, did, he's trending number one. Well, he's trending number one. What did he do? Something, him and J-Lo? No, this is why. Because they had the air movie premiere. Oh, and on oh, the, the Michael Jordan shoes the, movie, right? The with Matt Damon, the movie that those two are doing, yeah. and it comes out uh, April fifth. So that's that's not why Ben Affleck is trending. He's trending because he was speaking Spanish on the red carpet at the premiere. 
Gordo de la flaca, ¿cómo estás? Gordo de la flaca, mentirosas. ¿Por qué siempre estaban diciendo mentiras? Yo, tú no sabes nada, no es la verdad. No me importa si estás gorda o flaca, tiene que decir la verdad. I have no idea what he was saying because I don't speak Spanish and I really hope it doesn't need an edit or yeah, a bleep. That was a very good Spanish accent. Yeah. He, he must have spent a lot of time in the Basque country. Do you know what he was saying? Um, no. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> Cab pops in. He's all sophisticated. He was in the Basque country. Cab, what did he say? No idea. He must have spent a lot of time in Valencia. I don't know. I, I did want to thank James. I'm sure there are people rolling down the uh, street screaming at me that I could not remember that. It's the old 96er in, in the, the, great, the Great Outdoors. Somebody thank yelling you, at their radio this YouTube morning, chat, thanks yes. to you. Well, that's not the only reason they yell oh, at their radio. Oh, that's a daily basis. Thanks to you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about Donald Trump. Can we, can we go back? Back to yes. that, we were we were talking about different things that he has to consider. And you had mentioned, do you think Donald Trump really knew that Ted Nugent was going to say whatever he said? Yes, he called Zelensky a homosexual weirdo. Right. And I said, well, what is the process there? Because somebody, in my mind, yes. this is how it happens. Somebody in Trump's camp says, "Hey, uh, Ted Nugent's going to open the show. Cool, yeah, cool, bring him on." And then that's it. It's not a long conversation. Right. That's Trump- correct. So okay, so right. I'm sure that's exactly how it how it happens, and that is why Trump gets in the position that he oftentimes gets in. So let's again make sure people understand. To the people in that audience, to the people who listen to this radio show, mm-hmm. that may be great. They may think that's wonderful. They may think that those sort of things are hilarious. But it's not helping you accomplish what should be the goal, which is to win back the presidency so that we can stop these maniac, lunatic leftists from destroying this country. If Donald Trump was to be an entertainer, he's great at it. He's a phenomenal entertainer. Absolute fantastic marketer. Part of running for president is you have to be bigger than yourself. And I remember this. When I interviewed Trump, they never once asked me what I was going to ask him. They didn't know. You didn't get the pre-screen? They didn't know me. Mm-hmm. It came on a recommendation from someone locally. Mm-hmm. They called me the night before. They said, be here at this time. Here's the code word. Here's where you go. Blah, blah, blah. They never asked me. He never asked me. He just sat down and started talking. Now, fortunately, I was a fan. You know, I was a fan, a Trump voter, or whatever you want to call me. You were informed. Maybe. (laughs) But so I didn't sandbag the guy. But here's what happened afterwards. Here's how little control there is of Trump during the process. And I'll never forget this. So after I get done, the guy who was in after me, I think he was from Daily Mail. I can't remember what publication he was from. It doesn't matter. So he's doing this interview with Trump. And afterwards, he comes running back out. There's a little pen. There were, whatever, five or six of us who got to do the interview. Uh, you're sitting there in a pen to load your stories, whatever you do, blah, blah, blah. And he comes out, and he sits down, and he's all excited, and he goes, you'll never guess what happened to me. What? Trump invited me to get on his plane mm-hmm. after the rally in Carmel and go to the next rally. I think it was South Bend. And go fly with him on his plane to South Bend. Oh, that's cool. He goes, yeah, I've got a hotel room here tonight but i've got to i've got to cancel that mm-hmm. uh because i got to get on this plane so hey man it was nice meeting you i'll see you later yeah man that's great so i'm sitting there and i looked at the dude next to me who's just twiddling away on his computer and i said man that's awesome that yeah that dude's gonna get to go be on trump's plane he goes 
he ain't getting on Trump's plane. <laughs> and I said, well, how do you know? And he said, well, I'm, I'm such and such with the, with the campaign. And I said, well, he just said he was going. He said, mm-hmm. no, nah, that's, not that's, not, that's not how it works. I said, well, Trump just invited him. He goes, Trump does that all the time. We decide who gets on the plane. Well, you just let him go cancel his hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't really we don't really like him or whatever. I forget exactly how he said it, but he, and he just went back to doodling away at his computer. The point is, Donald Trump has no self-control whatsoever. The idea that you are just inviting some rando guy who your campaign is like, yeah, we, we don't really like that guy. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, whatever smile or charm or chuckle or whatever he gave Trump, yeah. Trump's not only giving this guy access who the campaign is like, yeah, we don't really care for that guy. Trump just says, yeah, you can fly on the plane with me. You can do... Why did he meet with Bob Woodward all those times and talk with him? And then the book comes out, Bob Woodward sandbagged me. No kidding. He's not on your team. Why'd you talk to him? So that's that's the salesman in him. But there's but the, And that's fine if you're building a building. Mm-hmm. It's fine if you're building a casino. It's fine if you're building a golf course. Mm-hmm. The It's fine if you're hosting The Apprentice. The Charisma Charm, Shooter McGavin, Fingers Guy. It's mm-hmm. all great. But you are running for president of the United States, and there is zero institutional control around Trump, not because maybe the people around him don't want it, because he is incapable of being institutionally controlled. Okay, so a federal judge has said that Mike Pence is going to have to testify before a grand jury about Donald Trump, and we're... It's just never ending with him. We'll get into that coming up from 93 WIBC. Plus, we've got a few more voicemails that we'd like yes, to uh, we'd like to talk about. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Watch my daddy. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and a federal judge has ruled that Mike Pence will have to testify before a grand jury in the Justice Department's investigation into Donald Trump and his allies as he tried to overturn the results of the 2020 election. So poor Mike Pence, Mm, what he thought was going to be a ceremonial role overseeing the counting of the Electoral College vote, it turned into a real job, Rob, with consequences. Yeah, well, Mike Pence, and we all know if it's a real job with real consequences, uh, not good for any of the Pence family. I mean, whether it's Greggy with the Keel Brothers Oil Company, where, of course, according to the Associated Press, he left that company with 500 creditors seeking whatever that was, uh, $150 million. And, of course, we, the taxpayers, had to spend millions on environmental cleanup. And, of course, Greggy got to go work for uh, Mitch Daniels and then got back into the petroleum industry. And now he's a congressman. You know, Pence, Mike is kind of the same way. You know, he spent uh, well over a decade sending other people's kids to fight and die in ill-begotten wars and running up massive deficits and, uh, you know, not securing America. And then as governor, well, what did he do. Nobody can tell us a single thing he did of any consequence there. I mean, he did opt out of uh, Common Core, and then because he's addicted to federal money, because he's an Indiana Republican, got us back into 90% of Common Core, and that cost us like $120 million. But it wasn't Pence's money. Karen, his wife, spent a gajillion dollars on the governor's mansion uh, because she needs the the nicest uh, uh, things ever. Uh, you know, of course, Riffra was a national in- embarrassment, and then he wimped out and totally caved on Riffra, uh, which he, he was so dedicated to. And, um, you know, there were things like expand massive expansion of Obamacare, and of course, because he's Mike Pence, and well, 
doesn't always tell the truth if it's not politically expedient for him. We'll talk more about that when Mike runs for president. I've got a lot of really good stories there. Uh, remember, he, he uh, called it HIP 2.0, uh, but it is Obamacare because, well, it's a massive... Ex- uh, you know, the list is long. I know, you could just keep going. Andy used to sit <laughs> right there the the in that very chair. But it would be unprecedented to have a former vice president being compelled to give testimony against his former boss, the president who he served under. Well, there's two questions I want Mike Pence to answer, and he'll have to answer them eventually if he if indeed does run for president. Question one, does he believe Joe Biden got 81 million legal votes? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then that's great. And I think if the answer is yes, then we'll all say, well, we're done here with not only Mike Pence's presidential run, but also his political career, and that'll be just fine. But if he says no, then the follow-up question has to be, well, Mr. High and Mighty, mm-hmm. then why were you so insistent upon certifying an election? Election where you don't think mm-hmm. Joe Biden got 81 million mm-hmm. legal votes. Okay, that's the first question uh, that, that I would have for Mike Pence. The second qu- set of questions that I would have for Mike Pence, and they, you know, they all kind of center around the same thing, is why, if you believe the election was on the up and up and you believed everything was fine and your only duty was to go certify the election as ceremonial role, we're just days before in Georgia you were giving a speech to a crowd full of people. And I'm not going to use the term gutless coward or gutless wonder or only does things for his own political experience. I'm not going to use any of those okay. words to describe Okay, good Mike you're not going to use those words. But if you believe the election was on the up and up and mm-hmm. your job was just to rubber stamp whatever came before you, why did you tell that massive crowd in Georgia, hey, you've, you've got concerns and we're going to look into all of those concerns if there was nothing for you to do about the concerns. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are, those are just the two, two questions I have for Mike. So he's been on this book tour with his So Help Me God book where he has spoken at length about all of that stuff. But when he's polling at 7 to 1%, at what point does he decide whether he's officially going to run or not? Well, he, the people around him are telling him to run. We've mm-hmm. talked about this. And I, again, I'm very excited for Mike to run. We'll get to name some names. We'll get to tell some, some stories. Of course, as you know, Casey, I'm a great keeper of documents. Of, of, of things. And uh, the people around Mike are the same people who've been there for 30 years. They are uh, gravy train people. Uh, their success has largely been tied to clinging to Mike Pence's ankles like grim death and elevating with him up the ladder. And so they have no choice but to try to keep him in the game. They'll give him the advice that, that is best for them rather mm-hmm. than the advice which is best for Mike, which is, Mike, you have as much chance of being president as Rob Kendall does, which is zero. So save yourself the embarrassment and live to fight a you know another day, but oh he's gonna run. There's no way he's not gonna run. He has no other choice. What's he gonna do? Go get a real job? <laughs> Maybe retire, which is what we thought Mitch Daniels was gonna do. Yeah. But he's got a new job, and I want to just touch on this just really yes. briefly because I know we want to get onto this other poll that's fascinating. But uh, Mitch Daniels soon gonna begin his new role at Liberty Fund, which is a private education foundation based in Carmel. And and you think this is kind of a little bit of a oh letdown? Well, I mean, you say two months ago we're talking about hey Mitch Daniels could be Senator Daniels and mm-hmm. he could be the guy that goes back to Washington and is this highly respected voice and uh, you know is a leader on the new Republican uh, Party and of course we were uh, very interested in. Uh, uh, him running so that Jim Banks would have some viable competition, which anybody should want, regardless of who you're voting for. And now he's just kind of at a, I mean, uh, this organization that just it just kind of feels like uh, not really the level of what many people were hoping for from Mitch Daniels. And that's fine if that's what makes him happy. Then mm-hmm. 
That's great. Well, he's also not going back on his word. He said he wasn't going to run again, so now he is not. Right. You're uh, that, that's absolutely true. But he's taking on more of a emeritus or an advisory role. And I find that a lot of people do that after they've had a long, tenured, successful career. They'll go someplace like this, and it's, it's not even necessarily a full-time job. It could just be like, this is how he's going to transition. He still keep active yeah. in something, but how he'll transition into full retirement. At, look, as long as he's not taking my money, mm-hmm. I don't care. He can do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, it just seems like a little bit of a letdown from where we started the year with Mitch Daniels sure. to this. Okay, let's talk about this poll that was done by the Wall Street Journal. And it says that traditional values like religion, patriotism, having children, and other priorities are becoming less important for Americans. And it's being eclipsed by the need for what? Money. Yeah, so this is really interesting. Um, Newsmax had the story. Wall Street Journal did a poll, Mm -hmm. and money Mm -hmm. is cited as the most important thing to people, or grown in importance to people, Mm -hmm. I should say, uh, to 43%. It's up from 31% in 1998. Yeah, 25 years. Yeah, and that's that's a pretty sizable jump. But what's also interesting is the decline Mm -hmm. in things and ideas and beliefs that really helped make... I'm not trying to be cute here, make America an incredibly great country. And patriotism now mm-hmm. is just 38%. Yeah. Compared to... 70%. Right. And when I think of patriotism, I'm not thinking of a person who says, well, hey, you know, the United States and our government is the best at everything and you should loyally be... Uh, certainly, we do this every day. We stand in opposition to things our government does at various local, state, federal levels every day. But what when I think of patriotism, I think of people saying, I'm proud to be an American. Sure. I am proud of what America has represented, mm-hmm. that we have freed more people than the rest of the world and all of history combined. We've created more wealth than, than the rest of the world and all of history combined, that we have always stood for liberty and for freedom and individualism. And, you know, that America is a really, the idea of America, even mm-hmm. if the politicians screwed up, is a really great place. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, I mean, it, it's, Half. Half. Where it was. In 25 years. Another one that's a a big leap was that in 1998, 62% of people said that religion was very important to them. And that is down now to 39%. And that is the biggest reason this country's in the shape it's in. Because if you don't believe in something bigger than yourself, then you're going to have no regard for your actual actions Mm -hmm. other than how they affect you in the moment. And we have a large group of people now who believe only in serving themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't fear anything. They don't respect anything. And we have seen, and these numbers really tell it out, that when you see, you know, a 23, what is that? I'm doing public school math off the top of my head here. A 23% dip in people listing religion as something very important to them. You, You see an eroding of society. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is the church is in many ways the fabric that holds society together. And when you see people leaving the church and leaving God and and turning to themselves and the things of the world, uh, that's bad news. It really sounds like the country's moral compass is off. Like there's a trend towards selfishness and people aren't kind anymore. Community has shrunken and ideologies have become so extreme that middle common sense Americans, they're just lost in the abyss of all of this. Yeah. Another one from this poll is that 23% of younger adults say having children 
is very important. It used to be much higher than that. Now, I can see that there are financial implications because of that. Yeah, and I'm look. I'm totally guilty of this um, because I mean, like, I've been conservative my whole life. So you can't just say, "Well, this is a liberal, well, you know, a liberal problem." I didn't understand this until recently, and obviously now with my daughter on the way, I understand it more than ever. But having children at a younger age was not a priority to, a priority to me. And you really realize now that younger people need to be having children. I mean, you know, we need. We need good, strong, conservative people to be having as many kids as possible Mm -hmm. because you're just getting outnumbered. You're getting overtaken. And we need good people who can raise good kids to be the next generation of people who will understand and appreciate what America is and the great things that it's done because it's clearly not getting taught in public schools anymore. It's not a priority in the public education system. And this, all of these, isn't it interesting, Casey? Patriotism, religion, mm-hmm. um, tolerance was in there, and and uh, having children. All of these things are sort of intertwined mm-hmm. together. They're woven together, and they're all problems born of the same um, for sin. I don't know what the word is, but it's the same same faulty system, faulty behavior, faulty thinking are causing sort of all of these problems because they're, uh, to me, all kind of related. Just 21% of the people surveyed said that the United States stands above other countries. Like, people are just down on the country. And another another one, 63% said companies shouldn't take public stance on social and political issues. Like, we don't want to hear that from companies. We don't we just give us your product. We don't want to know where you stand on things. And but do you, do you ever remember like and again, you don't know anything as you're a kid. Apparently, though, now I guess you're smart enough to decide if you want to chop, chop off your penis or not. But other than I mean, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I don't remember ever knowing what Coke's political views were. You didn't do know you? you didn't know where Hershey stood no on, idea. on political issues. No you idea. just knew that it was a really good chocolate bar. I do remember as a kid Michael Jordan saying Republicans buy sneakers too. I you know I remember, I remember that. that. I remember I remember Charles Barkley once saying you know talking to the conversation he had about his mom mm-hmm. and his mom said something in fact I'm paraphrasing here I'm sure I'm getting it wrong but it's a famous quote where his mom said well why are you at one point Charles Barkley was a Republican and he, he said well, why they're the party of the rich and he said mom I am rich you know I remember things like that mm-hmm. but I don't remember athletes for the most most part. I mean, you know, obviously at the Olympics, things of that nature, it might happen. But wading into politics, companies wading into politics, I just, I don't remember that happening hardly at all, much less on the scale it does today. Half of people said that they do not like being asked to use gender neutral pronouns. Well, that I'm, doesn't surprise me at all. I, I would think it'd be higher. Than I'm that, proud actually. of they, them. Hey, well, let's take a break. We got mm-hmm. to uh, wrap up our show, and we got two voicemails. People are really into this idea of queen, not queen, pretend queen, okay. fake queen, going back on tour, and they really wanted to lean into this. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Yeah. Casey Daniels. What? At Casey Daniels 317. <laughs> what, Rob M. Kendall? Very important question for you. What's that? Uh, how would you feel if you lost out on $111,000 in retirement income? Well, that is a good question, and I would not feel good about that at all. And I think most people would agree with that. So get this. 96% of Americans lose out on an average of $111,000 in Social Security income, and it's because they claim their benefits at the wrong time. Hello, you know us. We're Kendall and Casey. And you can learn how 
how to avoid this with a free social security analysis from Bill Demery, your retirement guy right here in Indy. We trust Bill Demery so much that we're now clients of his. And if you've saved at least $200,000 and have not filed for social security, schedule your free analysis now by calling 317-932-9912. Bill Demery, he does all the heavy lifting and he won't charge you a dime. Call 317-932-9912. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Another minute put your heat with the families in rich dining hall. 10 minutes in front of 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 10 minutes in front of 12, rather. Today marks the 50th anniversary of U.S. troops returning home from the Vietnam War. It's recognized as National Vietnam War Veterans Day. Yeah, and we talked about this early in the show and kind of referenced it throughout the day today. A lot of our bumper music having uh, things to do with... Uh, the Vietnam War uh, and the so- soldiers who bravely fought and were treated horribly. And, um, man, it's it's hard to believe it's been 50 years. Mm-hmm. Obviously, many of these people are now senior citizens. Most of them are senior citizens. Many of them who were fortunate enough to return home have um, passed on. And so if you get an opportunity, obviously there is uh, the the big memorial in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. That's what that song that we were playing is about, is about going and seeing those people and remembering the people who gave their, their lives. There is a local uh, memorial in the American Legion Mall uh, here near downtown, if you'd like to, to go see that as well. And if you see a Vietnam vet today, if you know one, call them, uh, text them, say something to them, whatever it is. And, you know, thank those people for their service because they had no choice for the most part in the matter. Yeah, 1.8 million men were drafted. And they were treated terribly by this country. They were uh, treated terribly by their government. They did what was asked of them, not asked of them. They did what was demanded of what them. What was voluntold? Yeah, of many them. of them didn't want to go, mm-hmm. um, and they never got the respect that they deserved. And the problem with, obviously, other than which was a big one, was that we spent the equivalent of over a trillion dollars of today's money there of the many, many people who died who didn't come back was that it emboldened these politicians who were not held accountable for their egregious behavior to continue to promote and prop up the military industrial complex that was really kind of the first war where they did that there was no reason to be fighting over there there was nothing accomplished over there it was an unwinnable war and they stayed at it for well over a decade and we've seen it ever since Mm -hmm. and obviously for my generation the repeat of that was iraq Mm -hmm. uh to some extent afghanistan Mm -hmm. and i fear now as we see the drum beats of war in Ukraine that we we continue to push towards human American involvement in that country. And even if there is not human military involvement in that country, the fact that we have spent so much printed money continuing to prop up and embolden a lot of really wicked people that run the military industrial complex and profiteer off the military industrial complex. We've learned nothing from what we put those people in Vietnam through. 
And so I guess the least we can do for those people is try to say thank you for your service mm-hmm. today. Absolutely. 1153 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. A couple phone calls to get to. <laughs> yes. Uh, remember the other day, you had I think you had alerted me to this. Yeah. Queen was going to be uh, in concert. I think Detroit and Chicago were the closest cities that I saw, but they have Adam Lambert. You mean two guys who were in the band Queen who apparently have the right somehow to use the name Queen. Yeah. Because Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. is Queen. <laughs> you might as well have just called it Freddie and these other guys. Mm-hmm. And they're profiteering. Speaking mm-hmm. of profiteering, they're just using the name Queen because, and no offense against Adam Lambert, I'm sure he's a fine gentleman, but that's ridiculous that when you take arguably the greatest frontman in rock history. I mean, when you think about the greatest frontman, it's Robert Plant, mm-hmm. it's Freddie Mercury, it's Mick Jagger. You know, there's a Pete Towns and there's a handful of others, but he's certainly in the conversation. And you remove that guy from the equation. Did anybody ever go, oh gosh, I can't wait to go see Brian May play guitar? And his hair. Have you, let's get the new album where <laughs> Brian May plays the guitar. Yes, and the hair. Um, uh, that it's not the same group. It's highly fraudulent. And many people have been very interested in that. Uh, so a couple of phone calls with differing opinions. But I agree with you that, you know, once a, a band member dies, uh, as in Queen with Freddie Mercury, or The Who, I mean, there's only two members of The Who left alive. Uh, they should just give it up, being The Who or Queen or whoever else they are. And if they still want to perform and make music, then they need to put another band together and get another name. Not be like Queen Anne or pretend to be anybody else new queen now i don't necessarily have a problem so in the case of say the rolling stones when brian jones died okay that wasn't mick jagger it wasn't keith richards it wasn't charlie watts he could be replaced obviously you know ron wood came in later Mm -hmm. and ron wood was a huge name with the faces and Mm -hmm. so i don't necessarily say if one person dies the whole thing's out but if the dude who wrote and sang all the songs ain't there then that ain't the band what about skinnerd Aren't all of the original They're members? all gone, yes. But yet they're still touring. Yeah, absolutely. Leonard Again, Skinner is still I'm not going to use the term highly fraudulent, but yeah. I might be using the term highly fraudulent. Highly fraudulent. All right. <laughs> Somebody else disagrees, though. They think it's all fine. I personally think that Amherst, Adam Lambert did a fantastic job with Queen, period. When he was asked to do Freddie Murphy's songs, he said that he would do them, but they were to be like him, not like Freddie. He did not want to be Freddie. He wanted to be Adam Lambert. He's a showman. He's a fantastic singer. And I think he does a wonderful, wonderful job. And if he makes money, good for them. And that's fine, Casey, but then mm-hmm. he should, you know, there's a lot of people at their local VFW or the Eagles Lodge or whatever doing the music of Queen. Mm-hmm. They're not saying they're Queen. It's more like a tribute. But he, Adam Lambert's going to make it his own. He ain't getting paid like a tribute. <laughs> he getting paid like Queen. All right. Well, it, Rob, it was a year ago today that I closed on my house in Indianapolis, making me a permanent yeah. resident of this fine city. Like I'm going to take tomorrow and Friday <laughs> off. I spent all year with you, Rob. Taking the days off. <laughs> so good luck. Good luck to you for the rest of the week. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening. And Rob is going to count on you to be back here tomorrow with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.